0: Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central.
1: Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs, and the internet. Information you want, what? all the help you, you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.
0: Thank you very much for downloading. Thank you for listening. This is Your Tech Life. It is great to have your company. Great to have you downloading each and every week. This is episode, let me have a look. Two hundred and forty-one. Wonderful to be here, helping you with questions about technology, problems with technology, news and information about the latest in technology, and sometimes a bit of fun. Sometimes there's a bit of prize work going on, and we're going to give a prize away today. We've got a laptop, uh, the Lenovo X1, will be given away today, which is very cool. Um, lots to talk about tonight and today, this afternoon, whatever time you're listening. Um, Interesting calls, uh, internet security, digital radio, parental controls, buying televisions, networking, it's all there, all lined up, ready to go. Plus, we're going to talk about a New South Wales law, so forgive me those in other states, but I think this will also apply to you at some point if it's not happening already. But a New South Wales law around ticket scalping and how... Ticket scalping is allowed or not allowed in the new online world. And it's just kind of a disruptive um, thing that's going on, just like Uber to taxis. And we've talked about Via Gogo before. Uh, we'll talk to um, a representative from Via Gogo in the UK, Oliver Wheeler, a little later. Oh, Apple's got their big announcements today. Uh, Optus have some amazing stuff uh, that I think you've got, to, you've got to read about. You've got to at least consider. Uh, And a whole lot more, and it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Systems, and I am wearing too many devices. It's official. I'm wearing a Garmin Forerunner 15, which is a red kind of uh, fitness tracking watch. And I'm wearing a Garmin VivoFit fitness band. Uh, It's uh, aqua blue, which is probably not my color, but that's okay. As I glance at it, it tells me the time. And that's cool, because the jawbone doesn't do that. But doesn't tell me the time uh, So I'll, um, I'll play with that as we go along And um, tell you more about Garmin And we do thank Garmin for their support of Your Tech Life Each and every week And you can check them out at garmin.com.au It might sound crazy when but-
1: I'm
0: So much sleep I missed last night because of Tim Cook. No, I wasn't dreaming about him, but he was on stage at uh, the Moscone Center, San Francisco, for the Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, this, as I've said several times, is the conference where Apple talks to its developers. These are the people that are making the apps you use. Now, it's pretty important because they, they need to learn what's changing. And they also get access to actual Apple engineers to help them, to help them learn better ways, new ways, and different ways of doing things that they do in their apps. Um, and that makes better apps. And so that's why people go. Um, but at the same time, Apple likes to announce some things. And, God, people get in the hype about having a product announced here. The product that is announced here every year is software. Now, yes, there has been products before, but predominantly it's software software. So we got what we needed here people. Anyway, they 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 separate the software into two parts, obviously the Mac and the mobile iOS. So let's let's talk about Mac first. Uh, I run a Mac, uh, Mac OS 10. Mavericks was the was the new one last year. This year it's going to be Mac OS 10 Yosemite as in the uh the national park in California. First of all, it's got a new look. Uh the dock is very different, very very straight edges. No overlapping icons. It has a translucent look um, on a lot of the windows, which is great. The notification bar on the right-hand side is very iOS-like um, and will include widgets, so perhaps sporting scores, different stuff like that. Spotlight, which is every Mac owner's best friend. And if you have a Mac or you're moving to Mac, click the little magnifying glass. It's the best thing in the world. Now, when you click it in OS 10, Yosemite. The search bar appears in the middle of your screen. And when you search for Word, as I type Word, it it just automatically assumes I want Microsoft Word. Off you go. Plus, if I leave it, it'll um, show me other documents that are from Word. And when I click on those documents, I see an inline preview of that document. That's very cool. So Spotlight refresh is good. Safari's got a bit of a refresh, uh, you know, multiple tabs, different things. Um, if If you send emails in the mail program, you can now... Kind of make jottings on on the on the photos and things, so you can mark up your mail. Um, that's not bad. Um, iCloud Drive. This is a big deal. This is you know Dropbox, uh, Google Drive competitor. Um, they're basically making a, a you know proper cloud storage system for documents and other files. So that's a big deal. In between both systems, your your Mac and your mobile device. They've looked at a very interesting thing called continuity, and they've called it Handoff. And basically, you can be working on a, on a Word document or a spreadsheet, and when you turn to your mobile, there's a little icon that kind of says, oh, well, you, you're working on a spreadsheet. Do you want to carry on? And you flick up, and you can actually browse that document on your mobile device. Um, they're looking at using uh, Instant Hotspot, which sounds to me like a brilliant feature. Uh, you can use your phone's mobile connection as a Wi-Fi hotspot a lot more easily. So Yosemite will automatically find your phone and automatically start using the hotspot. That's my biggest bugbear about tethering is it's just so stupidly hard. Um, And finally, in the the kind of crossover world, a Mac can now also make phone calls and SMSs. So not FaceTime, not iMessage, phone and SMS. So it's going to connect with your phone to make like Wi-Fi phone calls. I don't know, but sounds cool so you can be really immersed in your computer moving on and into ios now i've written a few notes about this on the website eftm.com.au interaction interactive notifications blur spotlight blur it's been been improved keyboards awesome new features there's going to be um, third party keyboards allowed which is great if you like swipe typing their new quick type is going to be unbelievable because it will learn your habits of typing and so if you're writing to your boss and you say do you want to catch up for it'll suggest a coffee or a meeting. If you're writing to a mate it'll say do you want to catch up for and it'll suggest the next word might be uh, pizza or beer. So it'll it'll work depending on you know who is actually the person you're communicating with. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah? You like that? Um, So that's useful. Keyboards Uh, iCloud Drive I've talked about messages is a big deal um, a lot of features of things like whatsapp and the like have been included in messages now um, so you can send instant audio messages instant video messages we're looking at getting things like snapchat style uh, disposable messages um, very interesting stuff there that's a real take on of a few apps um, family sharing amazing feature fantastic idea uh, if you've got kids, uh, you can manage their purchases remotely. So if they want an app on their phone, they so want the app downloaded, it'll say, do you want to ask your parents' permission? Yes. And on your phone, wherever you are, at work, around the world, whatever, you get a notification saying, hey, Jackson wants to buy this app. Yes or no? Yes or no? So remote activation of those things so that everyone has their own account. Very cool. Very cool. Um, health kit. So hopefully this will mean that Data from my running apps, my fitness apps, my scales will all be brought into one app so I can view my dashboard on the run. That will be useful. Um, New photos app looks excellent. Um, Siri, they say, is going to be kind of, um, what they call, hands-free. So you just got to say, hey, Siri, and it will appear automatically. Interestingly, that's not happening on my phone. It must be only an iOS, uh, sorry, an iPhone five thing. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's there when connected to power. Oh, okay, Siri. What do you say? Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Uh, she's not doing much for me. Let me plug her in. Hang on. Plug her in over there. We've got to turn it off. Let's let's go. Hey Siri. She's useless. She's not listening to me at all. Anyway. Um, And just by the by, for the nerds among us, they've invented a new programming language. Now, creating a programming language is a pretty big deal. Um, I don't know enough about it, but hang on. (laughs) She's just answered me. Siri has just now, right? She's just now responded to me. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. Um, Hey, Siri. It takes forever to answer. I'll just whisper so she doesn't get confused by me. It's 9.22. I think it'll take a minute. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, she'll come back to me shortly. Um, plus, another kind of behind-the-scenes thing is looking at apps that connect your home. So the smart home features, they'll all integrate into one app. So these are all very, very good things. I'm very excited about this. Um it could bring me back to iPhone. I don't know, I'm thinking about it. Um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll have to have a look and see. So lots to learn about um, from Apple. Big announcements overnight. No device, but some really exciting things for software. Um, we'll wait and see how they pan out um, over the months ahead. And uh, if you're a developer or you want to register for the OS 10 um, public beta, you can uh, you can go to their website check that out more info on my website though at eftm.com.au great to have your company do give us a call get in touch one eight hundred one five seven one five seven. or you can go to the website eftm.com.au anytime you like g'day john
2: hello trevor what can i do for you mate yeah look um I've heard you before. I've been listening to you for a few years now, but you've, been, you've mentioned about um, digital radio, mainly in the capital cities, mm-hmm. and um, I, I've got internet radio because I got the NBN. Hi, oh, a minute!
0: What you got the NBN? Don't be like that. Why do you have to rub <laughs> it in?
2: <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> and. I was wondering, is digital radio any better than internet radio? Because I've got in Radio, yep. I've got, um, uh, what's that one? Um, Pandora. Pandora, that's the one, yeah. yes. Um, so I'm getting good listening out of that. Is the quality of digital radio better than internet radio?
0: Look, two things. Um, it's free. <laughs> it doesn't use data. And secondly, yeah. yeah, the quality's better. I think, um, I think internet radio there is a form of compression that applies. That if you're a, a true audiophile, you would notice the difference. But, mate, there's no point us having this conversation because you ain't getting digital radio, it, probably in my lifetime, if I'm honest.
2: Really, it's going to be that far away. I can't <laughs> in your, your lifetime.
0: <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, on a, yeah. I wasn't being rude about your age, but I, I went for my lifetime no. on that. Um, I look. I'm desperately and, and closely involved in the industry. Um, I would dearly love for it to happen, but in the current financial climate, I just I just don't see how. Now, there are constant moves on to try and get the government to talk about it, and and I do have some hope that the government will talk about the legislation around regional digital radio, but when that happens, it will be, you know, <clears throat> a slowly but surely situation. Your, your lucky thing is you are in Wollongong, which is a bigger uh, city than, you know, a lot of regional areas. So perhaps you'll be on the, on the top 10 lists of places to get it after the metros. But mate, I, I wouldn't be holding out. I wouldn't, Um, you know what? I, I just wouldn't worry about it right now. It's not even a, it's not even something to think about. It's, it's at least five years away if it was agreed to tomorrow. Yeah. So but, uh... internet radio is bloody awesome. Tune in radio. So many stations, all the good digital ones are on tune in radio as well. Um, so I don't, you know, there's not really a, a loss in terms of content. You really, your only issue is, do you think the sound quality is great if you plug it into a stereo? And are you monitoring the data usage that it that it uses with any, with the MBN? What what plan are you on? How much data do you get?
2: Um, I'm on a hundred gigabytes.
0: Ah, well, mate, I can't not imagine much. unless you're listening 24. In fact, even if you're listening 24 seven, cetera you probably wouldn't go near your 100 gigabytes.
2: Oh, yeah, i got no problem. I don't use it on my phone plan, um, so I only use it at home when I've got the um, 100 gigabytes. Yeah, and right. if, I, if I'm away, then I just don't bother with it.
3: Yeah,
0: Well, yep. I think you're on the right track. I don't think you've got too much to worry about. Um, yeah, I think you're right. The quality probably isn't as perfect as perhaps you might get with digital radio itself, but I think you'll be fine. And uh, you're lucky you got the NBN, mate. I, I just stick with that and don't hold out much hope for, uh, for for digital radio in your area, mate.
2: I'm quite happy with the NBN, so that's good. All right, good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay, thanks Trevor. Thanks.
0: And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. So um, I received some great Garmin products today to play with. The Forerunner 15, which is a, uh, a fitness watch, uh, recommended retail, 199 The Vivo Fit, uh, recommended retail, 159 And the Approach, the Garmin Approach G7, which is a, a touchscreen golf device. 2.6-inch uh, color display, 30,000 international courses. Um, looks fantastic. It's a great little unit. Um Featuring a whole stack of amazing features, so that's very, very cool. Plus, smartphone integration as well, so your text messages and things will come through on your Approach G7 device. Uh, but the Vivo Fit, I'll, um, I'll give a good crack over the next couple of weeks. I'm going overseas next week. I'll um, wear that with me while I'm doing a bit of walking around and see what we can track. The thing I love about it, though, is you glance at the Geek Vivo Fit and you, you can see the time. I can scroll through different information. I've got the date as I scroll. I've got the number of steps I've made, my goal. I'm a long way off. The number of kilometres, not much. Uh, what's that? Calories burned? Maybe. Geez, that's a lot for sitting down. Uh, anyway, it's actually very, very useful. So um, I'll be, I'll be giving that a good workout. So if you're interested in products like the Vivo Fit, if you're doing fitness tracking, check it out at garmin.com.au. Talking
1: technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech life tech. with Trevor Long.
0: So, Optus this week announced some rather cool new plans. Now, they copped a bit of grief last year, about this time last year, um, for reducing the data available on some of their plans, their My Plan range. And this week, they've bumped it right up. On their 24 month plans, for $60 a month, you now get two gig of data. Uh, it's a 24 month contract, unlimited calls, unlimited text. plan is 300 minutes of calls, unlimited text, 500 meg of data, which is still good value. On their SIM-only plan, this is honestly hard to beat. SIM-only plan, $60 a month. So you bring your own phone, you get 5 gig of data. That is is better than Vodafone is offering with their double down value. That is making me think about switching. Uh, the only, th- only reason I'm sticking with Voda at the moment is the global roaming, and I'm about to go overseas. Outside of that, uh, Optus had me one, and I'll tell you why. Data sharing. Now, you might remember last year we talked about data sharing coming from Telstra, and it was pretty cool. You buy another SIM card, $10 a month. You got to share your data across both devices. $10 a month? What? Optus, and I'll, so I'll paint this picture very simply. You're paying $60 a month. Month to month, no contract. You own your phone outright. You get unlimited calls, unlimited text, five gig of data. You pay Optus five dollars once, not monthly. Once you pay them five dollars, and then every month it's sixty dollars. After that, you ha- you put that SIM card, that your new SIM card you got for five bucks, you put it in your iPad, and you get to share that five gig of data. So if your phone uses two gig, your iPad uses three, you're sweet. Still sixty bucks a month. If you got a USB dongle for your uh, laptop, another $5, one off. Put an Optus SIM card in that, and you're also sharing that 5 gig of data. If you need more data, it's $10 per extra gigabyte, pretty good value. But the idea of not having to have several bundles, not having to have several, several contracts, uh, not having to have several bills or prepaid accounts to top up, i got to tell you, this is a hard deal to better when it comes to data sharing. So if you are on your phone outright, I would immediately be looking at what your plans are and what other devices you have. If you have more than one device in your life, data sharing is a huge benefit to you. Keeping track of where you're at, keeping track of your data, highly recommend it. So uh, check out, I've, I've got all the details at eftm.com.au and they'll be available uh, mid-June. So uh, check them out in a couple of weeks at your Optus store, but wow, great value. I'd love to know what you think of the data sharing plans and the extra data with Optus. Um, Get in touch, send me an email, go to the website eftm.com.au. And get in touch, go to the website eftm.com.au. This is Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long, trying to help you out with anything technology in your life. Uh, Follow-up from last week. Uh, Robert had a problem with his Netgear network attached storage. Robert, you're back on the line. How'd you go, mate?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, we got it all sorted out. Many thanks to uh, to yourself and, uh, of course, to Mo from Netgear, who was...
0: It was my man, Mo, was it? He's a good
3: bloke. It was my man, he? Mo. <laughs> he is. i tell you what, it's, uh, I thought I know a bit, a bit about computers, but uh, uh, networking is a black art and you uh, seem to be an expert on it. So. Yeah. So it took us a couple of days and we, we sort of, nutted it down, and it ended up being a, a setting on my uh, on my Ethernet adapter. Right. And we also took the opportunity to upgrade. He was amazed that I still had a 10 slash 100, whatever that is, and, you <laughs> know, the network. Really so we upgraded so, the gigabit. So 10
0: 100 is the, is the speed at which your network can yeah. operate via that switch. So it was it was a bit slow. So you you bought a new one, did you?
3: Yeah, got another switch, and um, so now everything's running about three or four times faster than it was before. Oh, isn't that the simple
0: things so. in life then, isn't it? And you know what's interesting, yeah. mate? Yeah, you, you, you say you know you feel like you know a lot, and then you come across this. Listen, let's be very clear. I call Mo, <laughs> so you know, there's, there's. It's not like it's, um, it's, it's just you. Uh, networking is a complicated thing. It's funny, you know. You think back to you know, when the internet first came about and the, the configuration you had to create on your computer just to get on the internet, let alone rebooting to change IP address and all these different things. And it is a whole lot easier today. Um, but, you know, networking is still a, a difficult part of it, I guess. But, um, oh, well, at least it's running, mate. So the net, so the NAS is good and you're getting good speeds, right?
3: Yes, and uh, transfer speeds, of, like I said, about three or four times faster than it was even running the, you know, between the network, between the computers before. And so... Now the movies are on the net, the TV, the uh, you know the TV shows and stuff that I've got, and uh, and it streams to the WD TV's fine, and, yeah, and and life is good.
0: Very good, mate. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, obviously, if you have any other questions or concerns, let me know, and we'll get Mo onto it. But i uh, glad it's all sorted for you, mate. And uh, thanks for getting in touch.
3: Yeah, thanks for you know, all your help, mate, and uh, thanks again to Netgear.
0: Good on you, mate. And uh, if you've got a problem or question about technology, get in touch. uh, Say good day on 1-800-157-157 or uh, jump on the website, eftm.com.au.
1: Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.
0: Okay. It's 1 o'clock Sunday, the 1st of June. And for the last month, I've had a very nice prize on the website, eftm.com.au, the Lenovo X1 Carbon Ultrabook. Now, this is an Ultrabook worth $1,749 plus... Uh, we've got a backpack for that, and second prize wins a Lenovo Yoga tablet. Now, um, I have all the entries in a computer ready to draw, and uh, all we need to do is press a button, find out who wins, and then I thought maybe. I mean, it's Sunday afternoon, so it might be a bit hard, but we might try and give them a call. So let's do it. It uh, We need to draw two prizes. The first one I will uh, I will draw right now. First prize will win a $1749 Lenovo X1 Carbon. Let's let's draw a winner. All right. So here it is. Here they come. And the winner is and uh it's ticket number 628 and that person is Rommel Devera from Toongabbie, New South Wales. So I'm going to just bring up here right now, I'm going to bring up the old dial pad. And, uh, where is the number there? Oh don't want you to know the number. And let's, uh, let's dial Rommel Devera uh, from Toon Gabby, New South Wales, who uh, found the competition through Facebook. And let's see whether they, um, they might be excited. You never know. <sighs> they might not be home, but it is a mobile number. So there is a chance... Sunday afternoon. Sorry.
4: Hello. Oh, is that Rommel? Yeah.
0: Rommel De Vera. Yeah. Uh,
4: yes. Listen.
0: Trevor Long calling from EFTM. How are you doing, mate?
4: Yep. Uh, I'm good. How are
0: you? Pretty well. How would you feel if I told you that uh, you entered a competition and you'd won it? Uh,
4: is this the uh, Casio watches?
0: No, that's the other competition. Uh, it- Oh, uh, the, the laptop, the Lenovo one? Yeah, man, you have one. I'm recording this call now because I'll use it in this week's show, mate, but you have one, the Lenovo, sweet <laughs> <laughs> Lenovo oh. X1 Carbon Ultrabook. It's uh, worth $1,749, mate. Wow. That, that, <laughs> sweet as, man.
4: Thanks.
0: <laughs> That's excellent. So uh, it's, a, it's an yep. i5 processor, 4 gig of RAM, 128 gig hard drive, uh-huh. and I will get that to you this week, my friend.
4: Okay, cool, cool. Oh, that's good news to me.
0: Congratulations, mate. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, I'll be in touch to get all the details.
4: You... Okay, thank you very much. You too. Have a nice day. Good on you.
0: And uh, that's Rommel. He uh, he won first prize. I'll get back in touch with him shortly and get all his details, and we'll uh, deliver that to him. But uh, we need to draw another one because there's a second prize. Uh, now, this is uh, 3516. This is how it works, basically, Um Um, there's a a number associated with every entry and, uh, randomly a number is drawn. So three, five, one, six, as I, uh, type that in and bring up the details. Three, five, one, six. There's a lot of entries to go through. Three, five, one, six. Here it is. And it is Maria from Wallen in Victoria. So, uh, shall we try her as well at the exact same time? Now, she'll be disappointed because she didn't win the, um, uh, the Ultrabook. (laughs) But, uh. She has one, a Android tablet. So I'll just check the phone number here before I ring it. Without saying it out loud. It's very hard to do, to be honest. And let's call her now. So this is Maria from Wallen, in Victoria. W-A-L-L-A-N, Wallen.
4: Hi, the person you have oh, called is not available. Maria's not there. Please leave a short 10 second 10 message seconds. after the tone and we'll send the oh, message in the text. text.
0: Maria, you've won a prize from EFTM. I'll be in touch on the email. Good on you. Uh, so that's Maria there. I've left a message. She'll get that text message, and she'll be pretty excited. I'm going to send both of those people emails, details, and I'm going to ship those prizes out this week. It's a great competition. Thanks to the good people at Lenovo for uh, taking part in that and supplying all the prizes. Plus, as uh, Rommel said, uh, the Casio watches are still up for grabs each and every day until um, next Sunday. So another week of prizes on EFTM. Thanks for listening, and uh, let's do more prizes soon.
1: Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.
0: And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Your tech life is the name of the show. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch, go to the website eftm.com.au or call one eight hundred one five seven one five seven. 157 157 Now I remember talking, it's it's probably a, a year ago at the very least, um, about online ticket sales. And uh there was a website launched called Via Gogo, V-I-A-G-O-G-O. Uh not the gogo mobile style, but viaGoGo.com, uh, com And the idea here is that if you've got tickets to something that you can't go to, it's a great way of selling them. Now, the legalities around it are another whole mixed bag. But um, to talk about VirgoGo and where we go with this, um, certainly in legislative terms in New South Wales, is um, a man from London, Oliver Wheeler. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Yeah,
5: hi. Very good to be on the show.
0: Mate, thank you. Uh, let's just remind people quickly, V-Go-Go, Uh I've got tickets to something... I don't. I can't use them anymore,
5: or I just want to sell them. Um, what's the service that you offer, and why is it unique? Sure. Well, it's a very easy uh, service to explain. In the old days, there weren't really very there weren't very easy ways to list a ticket for sale or sell a ticket if you no longer wanted to go to an event. So you kind of had to take your chances using auction sites or classified ads or even outside the stadium. And we created our business so that people can list tickets to live events that they no longer want to go to. Um, so that others who do want to go can buy them.
0: And there's one really particular thing that stands out. And remi- every time I think about ViaGoGo, I- I'm reminded that there's this great thing as the um, as the buyer that you have this kind of guarantee that if you go to the event for some reason the ticket is invalid, it's you know you've been you've been had. The ticket's not real. You actually don't lose your money because the money doesn't change
5: hands until you've attended the event. That's the clever part of our service. So we guarantee every ticket. So uh, if, um, if, we, if we don't pay the seller until the buyer has gone to the event, which means if you've got a fraudulent ticket, you're not going to be using our service. And what we found around the world is that wherever we launch our business, and we've, we're in a, we've got customers in over 100 countries now, um, we, we lower the amount of fraud in the market because we have that service and obviously because we have so many tickets on our platform, prices come down too. So people are currently using the site, they're selling tickets, they're buying
0: tickets, but you're concerned, rightly, uh, mainly because it, it could you know, pro- cause problems for your business model, essentially, you're concerned with a fair trading amendment that the New South Wales government is proposing that will change the the legalities around how and and, and in, by what method people sell tickets. Explain that to me.
5: Yeah, sure. Well, look, we completely understand why the New South Wales government Uh, wants to protect people, we do too, and that's why we set up our our business. In fact, we're all on the same side trying to protect the consumer. And we've seen this around the world. We've seen government inquiries look into the practices of ticket resale and just make sure that it's the best service for consumers. And, in fact, around the world they all conclude that the way we do it, which is a kind of self-regulatory way of protecting the consumer, is the best way to protect fans. So that's the background to it. There is a danger at the moment with a proposal or a proposed bill that is going through um, the, uh, the various houses in New South Wales and looks like it might be passed, uh, which would add a layer of complications to that process, which are not in the interests of fans. I'll explain. Uh, for example, they wish that uh, they are they requested that it would, imp- it would enforce people to publish a photograph of the ticket With the uh, precise seat numbers and various other details, which would actually allow the event organizer or the promoter to cancel that ticket in the aftermarket if they want. And as you can imagine with your kids, if you turn up to an event and you find that the tickets are canceled, that's exactly the kind of thing that our service is trying to prevent. So we think that's a very dangerous bill to be proposing.
0: And and what... I mean, what moves do you make with the government to, to show them? I mean, are they even open to the, the concept of what you're trying to do? Um, because they want, it, they want every ticket to have like a... You've got to actually physically put a photo of the ticket up. But doesn't that defeat the purpose? Because doesn't
5: that actually create more fraud? And therefore, you know, tickets are even harder to guarantee? that's right and so what we have done is we've appealed to the ministry or the Minister for Fair Trading um, uh, Matthew Mason Cox to take another look at this because he's new into the post and he inherited this proposed bill in all fairness so he's in a great position to review it from an independent perspective. You have to remember that this bill started off as a brainchild of Graham Annesley, who was then the Minister for Sport and now he's returned to a career in yes you guessed it professional sport so this, this came from an original place of being very much in favour of the sporting codes and the event organisers, and uh, it just does they, it simply does not favour the consumer. Uh, one quick thing about that is that uh, the government has not con- uh, consulted the general consumer about this, so we did that on their behalf, and it was universally opposed by the consumers by an independent research that, that we did through Galaxy.
0: It's very interesting. I... Um, I- Graham Annesley's a mate of mine, and uh, I used to deal with him quite extensively when he was the uh, CEO at the NRL. Um, and, and I was a, a producer of a, a rugby league program at the time, um, and we still keep in, in general touch. Oh, oh, you know, I might even pick up the phone and see what, what, is, what is the motivation behind it, because you're right, if it, if it favors the sporting organizations. But then, so let's just, let's just play that devil's, devil's advocate card for a moment and let me understand how this works, because One Direction. Right. Crazy, stupid band. I don't understand. But they're massive. And people are buying tickets to their concert. They went on sale last week here. And I'm looking on on Viagogo. They've got concerts in February next year. That's nearly a year away. And people have bought tickets last week. Yet there are tickets for sale already on Viagogo. So wouldn't you say that those people have bought them purely to sell them?
5: Well, I think you're, that that's if that you are you just you're assuming there that the people that are selling them are fans. They may well be tickets that were allocated to VIP packages, right. sponsors, partners, and so forth. In fact, last year uh, Justin Bieber's tour, I think it was in the U.S., but it's easily located on Google. Uh, the producers con- uh, conceded that only seven percent of the tickets that were made available. Uh, um, to uh, the, the only seven percent of the tickets were made available to the public. The rest were pre-allocated to um, sponsors and partners. Now, in the case of One Direction, I think you're looking at you know, the greatest band in the world right now, certainly in terms of demand and sales. There's always a lot of fever about that. Uh. It's quite possible that some people have bought six tickets and have and are trying to sell two. I don't think that that is a particularly heinous crime. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think that what's important is that if they do choose to sell a couple of their tickets, um, that they have a very secure place to do so. I think people should be encouraged to use these secure platforms rather than discouraged um, because, of course, the customer protection exists. And the danger of bills like this is that... By making it more complicated, people will return to the black market and um, use classified ads and sell them outside stadiums, which is a, a very bad thing.
0: And and I think then playing out that One Direction concept a little bit further, in the end, the promoter got his money back. Yeah, so let's just assume that 100% of tickets were the general public, 100% of tickets were sold in five minutes, and 1% of tickets went on to Viagogo or other sites. The promoter still got his money. It's not like he's being dudded out of money. He still got his money, didn't he? He's just filthy that. Someone else got more
5: money, and he could have theoretically got more trevor that 's right, and I think what we what, what you have to remember is once you 've accepted that since the days of the gladiators, a percentage of tickets that have been uh, sold into the marketplace will come back onto the resale market, typically perhaps between two and maybe five percent right. of all the tickets sold will be then made available for resale again that 's a fact. What we're trying to do is make sure that those tickets that are resold go through a process where there is a guarantee in place and that people should be encouraged to do that. And I I have to say, uh, all we're asking here is that there is still a chance to prevent unnecessary legislation being passed, which is not in the favour of the consumer. And we just hope that uh, certainly Matthew Mason Cox and others will take a look at this and perhaps ask the consumer before – passing something into law um, that is not in their favour. And, of course, the Minister of Fair Trading um, is on the side of the consumer. He should be, yes. Um, hopefully. He <laughs> yeah.
0: should be. So, uh, just, I'm, I'm just trying to put my brain in order here. Why, sure. why would a promoter support this bill? What's in it for them? What, what advantage is there for them? Is it Is it trying literally to deter the aftermarket generally, which, as you, as you say, we should really accept exists, full stop, Is that what they're trying to do? They're trying to deter the aftermarket entirely to create uh, a a more open market on day
5: one? I, I don't quite understand. Well, many of them do have a fundamental disagreement with the principle of that of a ticket can so be it's, resold. It's, it's a
0: principle thing, yeah.
5: Yeah, and of course, um, now I would ask you a question in that respect, hmm. as we do with everybody. Um, do you believe that once you own a, a car or a house or a ticket, that it's yours and that you should be able to do with that with it as you please? Yeah, if I've parted the cash for it, um,
0: it's It's mine. yours?
5: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, and that's the principle that we and it's the principle of the, of
0: the free and open market, isn't it? If I if I can, you know what? If I can go and buy um, a Renault Clio for let's say thirty thousand dollars, and I can drive out and I can put it on carsales.com.au com and get thirty two, what yippee to me? Well done to me. But more likely, I'm not going to get that. It's just it's. In, in some concerts, you'd have to assume people always take a loss, you know, because there, aren't, there isn't as, as high a demand as there, there might be. And some people are literally desperately just trying to get rid of the ticket and make a bit of cash
5: back, I'm assuming. Yours is a very good example with the car. And some people are trying to do this, um, to sell two of their six tickets for profit. But I think you have to remember that, and anybody looking at our service will see this around the world, um, that around half of all of our tickets are listed. The prices are, of course, set by the seller. They're listed at face value or less. And uh, the vast majority of the rest of those tickets are between 15 and 20%. And some of these high prices that you see, which make the headlines, they're for the very, very unusual final. Rolling of Stones, tournament. front row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Although even those, you know, they have to be competitive. There's no point putting your ticket on at two thousand dollars if everybody else is on at five hundred dollars for the you know, for the for the final of a big sporting event um, because they're not going to sell. So I think people should just uh, take a look at the prices. If they find a ticket that they want at a price they want to pay, at least now they can, they can buy it in the surety that they're going to get their ticket in time for the event um, without all the hassles that they used to have. And I think that's a good service.
0: All right, um, let, let's see if we can chase down Matthew Mason-Cox and uh, and see what's what's behind it all and whether he's had a chance to review it. As you say, he's new to the position after the uh, Premier O'Farrell stepped down and uh, Mike Baird is now in charge. He's new to the ministry, so indeed, perhaps, indeed. perhaps he's not quite across it and, uh, and should have a rethink. So very interesting times. Still a great website, mate, very easy to use. What I love about Viegogo is that it's... And this, I guess, is what the promoters hate is it's just like buying the tickets from the start because you can see a map of where they are. You can even, so I'm looking at the one direction again, Alley on Stadium. I can just tick A Reserve only. So it only shows me the A Reserves. I can see on a map where they are. I can click on the map. It shows me how many tickets are available there, what that price is from. So you can kind of hover your mouse over the stadium and go,
5: oh, actually, oh, that's not bad. I'll go those ones there and, and off you go. It's pretty cool. Well, we're very grateful for your support and for your understanding, and we just hope that um, we could perhaps stop this uh, from, from taking place before it's too late.
0: All right, mate. Good luck with the campaign. and um, Thanks. Know, I, I support it. I, I don't understand the, the problem. So um, let's keep our fingers crossed, mate. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you for listening to Your Tech Life. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Get in touch. You've got a question, problems. Concerns, thoughts, opinions, anything about technology, get in touch. Uh, jump on the email at eftm G'day, Scott. Hey Trevor,
6: how are you going? Good,
0: buddy. What can I do for you?
6: All right. Um, I I think it's about time that I upgrade my eighty centimetre CRT TV. Oh, phew. CRT,
0: so. eighty centimetre CRT. So what's that in yeah. inches? Uh, uh, don't even know. It'd be. Oh, let's think about it. Yeah. Anyway, it's not. It's not massive, but it was. It was big
6: at the time. It's heavy. I think is a better term for it. Yeah. And
0: takes up a lot of it, space too.
6: Yeah. I've, it's in the exact same spot I, when I bought it 14 years ago. So. <laughs> You're
0: gonna need someone to come in and help you take it away. What are you looking so, at
6: getting, mate? Um, I'm not too sure. I've, at the moment I've kept the. I kept it alive with a set-top box. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is running through digital. digital yep. Um, but I guess it's about time that, you know, something a bit bigger. You know, I don't even know to be honest. Um, well, the big—I mean, you know eight,
0: what? It always comes down to this, right? How much do you reckon you can spend?
6: Yeah, um, uh, I'm looking at probably two to three thousand. Oh well,
0: mate. Hello, hello. I mean, you know, if you're going in with a thousand bucks, you are very restricted on what you're going to get. There's, there's kind of, no doubt, right? But if you can get to You know, I would say straight up, if you get to two, you're in a you're in a good place. You're certainly in the 55 plus size range. Um, You know, I'm just scrolling through JB Hi-Fi right, and you can get a 60 inch um, TV for two grand. That's a Samsung. Um, You can get a Sharp 60 inch for 1400. So there's definitely some value to be had in TVs right now. I guess it just depends. What features you want, mate? You've held on to that TV for a while. You're probably going to hold on to this one for a fair while too.
6: Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot about around, you know, in the media about curves and 4K and all that. Is that just, you know, something to look at or
0: curves? They're they're cool, but really, it's not. It's a gimmick, mate. Honestly, I don't think it's a it's a game changer. And I also think it's a huge premium to pay if you were to buy if you were to able to afford a curve today you'd be getting a TV that's smaller than, you know, you could achieve if you were just to spend your money on a TV. So right. if you put curve in the equation, you you certainly downsize and things like that. I think the big thing you keep in the equation, given how long you hold on to your TVs for, and the average life of a TV is about seven years. The Manufacturers are saying five, I say seven. Um, I think you've got to think about ultra high definition 4K. Okay. Do you watch a lot of movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, that kind of stuff?
6: Yeah, a lot of... I do um, have Apple TV, so I use that a lot.
0: What's your internet connection like at home?
6: Um, oh, three and a half meg. Pretty crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder if you've got much hope. See, ultra-high definition is only very good for all these kind of... There's going to be online platforms for downloading, streaming. But, mate, if you're in no chance of getting cable internet or NBN in the next five years, I'd be waiting for my next TV for ultra-high definition.
6: Okay. And, yeah, and I'm up the NBN is not going to be here for a long time. So. Exactly,
0: and you know, again, I, I think JB Hi-Fi is just an easy site because it's so kind of catalogy, But you know, obviously shop around and and drive bargains. But you know, a, a Sony, and this is a very very nice Sony, right? This is, I'm pretty sure it's the triangle side wedge shape one, right? 60 inch, twenty four ninety six. That's a 60 inch full HD TV, and get this, bonus. PlayStation four console. Hello. <laughs> I mean, you know, so if you can get to two and a half, you're starting to definitely talk sixty inch, you're definitely talking full H D, you're definitely talking big brand. Um, if I was spending that much money, you know, that's what I'd I'd be I'd be looking at that. Mate, HiSense have got a sixty five inch full H D for two thousand one hundred. That's pretty good. And a high sense, very, very good, mate. There's no, there's no dramas there. So, oh, mate, I, I would load the wallet once you've got the, got the folding ready, and I would make myself seen at Harvey Norman, the Good Guys, Bing Lee, and JB Hi-Fi. I would pick a TV that's similar, if not the same, at every one, and I'd drive the hell out of them in terms of bargains. Because they want you pushing that big box out the door, don't they? Yeah, that's it. All right, very good, mate. That's uh, that's exciting. You're a lucky man. I I wouldn't mind shopping for a sixty odd inch TV right now. I'll give you that tip.
6: I have to get in before the state of origin.
0: Oh, hey, you've got uh, less than uh, less than three weeks? What have we got? Two weeks now. I'll two weeks
6: tomorrow. Like, I'm going to try and get in for. So.
0: You're going to get in for, for for Origin three for the Queensland for the uh, for the decider. That'll be the decider. You realise?
6: Oh, I don't know. It might just be a, <laughs> a, a dead <laughs> you think rubber. You I think, you you think it'll
0: be a dead rubber? Not a chance, mate, not a chance. All right, Scott, good luck with the TV shopping, mate.
6: Okay, thanks a
0: lot. Cheers, mate. And uh, if you've got a question, a comment, problem, whatever it is, get in touch, go to the website, <laughs> Ah, Thank you for listening. Now, a couple of quick things. Uh, even though we've given away the Lenovo X1 Carbon, uh, check out what... We're giving away every single day. A Casio, G Shock or Edifice Watch. Now I have one, two, three, four, five left. So uh we'll give one away on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up until the eighth of June. Five more watches. One watch per day. All you gotta do is go to the website, EFTM.com.au. Uh first <laughs> sorry, I interrupted because there's a political drama going on in um <laughs> in Victoria. And I've tweeted, I need a summary in 140 characters or less. Paul Murray uh, has tweeted, turn on the TV now, PM live. Well, I'm I'm, I'm recording. Um, So I can't. I'm going to reply. I'm recording. Paulie. Paulie. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, (laughs) Silly. Uh, So, sorry. Yeah, just the first story down on eftm.com.au is the 21 watches in 21 days. All you have to do is guess the time that will be on tomorrow's watch when I open it. So every day I open a watch. I record it with a video. As I open the face of the watch, I see what time it is. The person whose time they guessed is closest to that on the watch wins the watch. How good is that? Doesn't come easier. Seriously. So, um... I Honestly, enter it. It's so easy. It's a great comp, great fun. Thank you to Casio for helping us out with that one. Now, um, I can't 100% give you certainty as to what's going to happen next week with the show. It may be a short show. It may not exist. I don't know. I'll be in Sweden. I'm flying to Sweden with Husqvarna, and we're going to check out some really cool stuff for EFTM. Uh, So I'll bring you that detail via Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and on the website, during the week ahead I'd love you to follow me um, if you want to know what's going on I'd love your feedback and, and thoughts on that questions uh, but we'll be in Sweden next week so I'll, um, I'll try and tune out a podcast from over there it shouldn't be a massive problem um, I'll have a bit of fun with that so um, thanks for your uh, loyalty and uh, thanks for listening uh, we'll be back next week but we'll see, see how that, that all goes with Huskvarna in Sweden <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading your tech life. Uh, jump on the interwebs at eftm.com.au. I know you've got the internet because you've got a podcast, so it's not rocket science.
7: Uh, get in touch. Say good day. Good day, Mark. Hey, Trev. How are you? Good, buddy. What's happening? Oh, not too much. Just heard about all the um, brouhaha about the whole password issues um, uh, earlier on.
0: Yeah, the uh, uh, iPhone hacking, the eBay, well, sorry, iPhone hijacking, eBay hacking. Very confusing. <laughs> But a lot of security dramas.
7: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, my my thoughts on it are pretty simple. It's like, well, um, are you going to have the same key to uh, get into the house as you're going to have to get into your car? I mean, really, like if you're going to do that, like in uh, sort of like everyday real life kind of scenario... um, it's exactly the same as uh, when you think about it online. It's a very good got... point.
0: And, and you think about the number of keys that you might have in your life, To just to take it to the extreme. Uh, you know you might have a, a post office box key, a work key, a home key, mailbox key, car key. So you've got all these different keys. Why would you have them all the same? Because you drop one, you've opened the door to your house, your work, your car, everything. That's, that's your exactly. point. Exactly.
7: Exactly. And if you go online, if you've got like um, uh, eBay, Google, et cetera, et cetera, if you've got the password as ABC123 for everything, if someone guesses that password for one site, guess what? They can think, oh, okay, well, they've got eBay. Well, let's even try getting to Google and see if uh, we can actually get access to that account there as well. And
0: that's been my message here is that, you know, the very clearly with iCloud, iCloud was not hacked. Apple was not hacked. But what I think they did was being opportunistic, whether they bought people's details from Adobe Hack or whatever it was. They've only got to find your
7: email address and password once and then try it everywhere, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's how what it simply comes down to. And, I mean, I use a really cool um, uh, secure what, password uh, generation um, software mm-hmm. uh, called uh, LastPass. And um, that gives me one master password to remember. And then I can create really complex passwords I'm never going to remember in a million years. Mm-hmm. But help me, like, uh, help,
0: help me out with that, right? Someone a couple of weeks ago suggested one to me called 1Password. And I, I downloaded it. Yeah. Um, I think I turned it on, and then I went, no, nah, I'm out. Because, I don't know, I've got so many devices. Have I got to install it on every device? I don't know, it seemed like it was going to be complicated.
7: Yeah, it can get very complicated, but uh, when you think about it, you've got one master password that you're going to remember. And then when you go to a device, let's say you want to um, set up Facebook on uh, one device. Yeah. Now, once you've signed in once unless you go and change your password to something different, then you're not going to have to sign in on that device again. So when you're signing
0: in on that device, do you use LastPass or do you just go to your computer and look up the complicated password?
7: Yep. So um, as, as my particular example, um, I have a LastPass application on my phone right? and I also have the LastPass application on my computers as well. So uh, what happens is with that application, especially on my computer, automatically signed in uh, when I enter my master password. So that way, when I go to Facebook, it will automatically sign me in. Right. So
0: you, you do you do put the application on every device, essentially.
7: That's correct. Right. And, uh, uh, for example, with my phone, so once I've signed into Facebook once, it stays signed in for me. So... The, I guess the biggest, um, the the biggest inconvenience is if I want to create something, uh, really complicated for, uh, iTunes or some other application like that, uh, it does limit the complexity, uh, of the password and also the convenience of of accessing that service, which is not a big deal. You just got to weigh up do you want that security or do you want that risk of people, uh, hacking into your um, accounts because you've um, been a little lazy on uh, trying to protect yourself. Okay, last question. If you
0: have LastPass operating, you've got a really complicated, long Facebook password, um, your phone's flat, and you go to an internet cafe
7: on holidays, how, yep. do, you get into, how do you get into Facebook? Yeah, so quite simple. So uh, you can actually log into the LastPass website with your email address and your master password. And then you can copy that password from LastPass. And so paste on the it website, in. they list all of your passwords in plain text, so you can just copy-paste them. Yeah, you can copy-paste it. Copy it from LastPass uh, onto Facebook, so you can log yourself in and uh, view that um, particular site.
0: Rightio, sounds like a plan. I'm being convinced slightly. I'm, I'm very lazy, Mark, to be honest, and I think Trust that's my me.
7: problem. <laughs> Trust me, I've been very lazy as well. It took me <laughs> a while to realize that, hey, I, I can uh, run the risk of um, having uh, 1Password guessed and then uh, being vulnerable to everything, or I can make myself um, protected. So uh, that way, uh, if someone guesses 1Password, guess what? That's the only, only website that I've um, got vulnerability to.
0: All right, mate. Thank you for your advice and your thoughts. Um, always good to chat, mate.
7: Not a problem. Thank you.
0: If you've got questions, thoughts, comments about anything, technology, just like Mark, jump on the email, EFTM.com.au. <laughs> And your questions, your comments, your problems, anything about technology, jump on the phones. one eight hundred one five seven one five seven, or go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Patricia.
4: Hi, Trevor.
0: What can I do for you?
4: Well, I had a question about um, the internet. I've got a teenage son who's on the internet, and I just like to monitor his internet usage. Yep. So- not really using a software because that's a bit uncomfortable for them, but just being able to know, um, you know, a bit of history of his Internet usage.
0: So you you don't want to limit anything. You just want to be able to access the information. Is that right?
4: Exactly, yes, so that I know exactly what sites he's visiting, whether it's um, school-related or whether it's sites other than what he's supposed to be using.
5: Okay.
0: Well, look, I think um, th- there's a couple of options. Um, and it, There's always going to be software involved, um, but I guess the question is how you use it. And, and I would say to you, Patricia, that in all of the conversations I've had over many, many years with security organizations and and trainers in this area and that kind of stuff. And to be clear, I've got a seven, three, and two-year-old, so I'm way away from having these conversations. But I'm always told that there's nothing more important than having a conversation with your kids about what you're planning on monitoring, understanding, and, and those kind of things. So it is imp- is important to find the way to have that conversation. But what I would say to you is that there's a, there's a thing called uh, Norton Online Family. And yes. what Norton Online Family is is it is an app uh, that that gets installed onto your um onto your computer. Or importantly, there are pieces of software like this that can be installed on the router. So, do you know much about your router? Do you know what brand it is?
4: Um, it of oh, gosh, it caught me off guard. It is uh, it's an Ionet, um
0: router. The, like the I yeah. Okay, so it was supplied by Ionet. The the thing yes. about um you know iron it is there are um there are there's no um, that I'm aware of any parental controls that are directly available for that one so there are routers you can get that allow this so I think you're probably better off then to start researching Norton Online Family now have you got a computer and he's got another computer?
4: Uh, we've got our um, desktop computer and then he has a laptop that's yep. given by the school so I'm not so concerned about the laptop, because that, because that gets monitored by the school. It's the home computer that I'm more concerned about.
0: So what I would do is I would install Norton Online Family, which I'm pretty sure is yep. free too, and,
4: yes.
0: and use it yourself. Now, do you all use the same login, or do you log in as each other? You have your own passwords? We
4: have our own passwords.
0: Perfect. So you can restrict it by user that way. I think the best thing to do, Patricia, is to play with it yourself. I mean, obviously... This is not going to happen overnight in terms of the conversation, so why not basically monitor your own activity right for a week or so so that what you do is you install it you 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 monitor your own activity and then you can, you learn how to use it you learn how to look back and then you can say to your son, "I want to show you what i'm what i'm monitoring so that he can actually see how it works and understand that you really you probably don't want to know everything he's saying in an email you just want to know." what sites he's going to and whether or not they're they're of any great concern. And that alone will obviously, you know, start the conversation. And that's probably the the best thing to do, Patricia.
4: Okay, so installing the software is not in any way going to interfere with any of the games he plays.
0: Uh, No, I wouldn't think so. Um and okay. and and you know that's that's the that's the reason you've got to talk to him about it because if he is noticing anything about it you need to be able to have that conversation and understand whether or not you have to turn certain things off. Um, but yeah. you know the basic features of Norton Online Family is tracking websites your kids visits, but it also can do that on on mobile devices. And I think that's yeah. the other thing. Does he have a mobile or a tablet or anything?
4: No, he doesn't.
0: He doesn't. So but that's, he has.
4: He has, He has a mobile phone, but it's just an ordinary. An one. old,
0: simple one. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. remember, when he does get to the point of having a smartphone, that you yeah. you will need to um, you will need to consider upgrading and getting that um, that coverage as well, because you know the smartphone in the bedroom is more dangerous than the than the computer in the lounge room. Yes.
4: Yeah, yeah. I um, understand
0: that. So yeah. I think Norton Online Family is probably your best bet to start with go to their website, just search Online Family and Norton, uh, yeah. sign up, install it, and have a play around yeah. with it yourself before you just come down and say, this is what we're going to do. Um, and I think that's probably a nice, simple way to go. There, As I said, it is free. There is a premier edition that will give you other things like monitoring uh, YouTube videos, and that will do mobile and also text messages. But you probably need that later on when he gets to um, the point of having... Uh, a, um, a smartphone.
4: So you're saying um, installing some sort of so- software on the router is probably not I, the reason I. I'm just not about sure that's
0: possible. Is... I'm not sure that's possible. You'd need to speak to iiNet about that, and I think okay. they I think you're probably better off looking to buy a router that has this functionality in it. Um, okay. And I am aware that Netgear has that functionality. So. If you go down that path, come back to me. Let me know, and I'll see whether I can help you out with um, which which is the best one of those to buy. Yep.
4: Yeah. The reason I was trying to go the router way is probably it it wouldn't be as intrusive as having, um, you know, the Norton online sure. family, as you suggested. That was the only reason I sort of considered the router.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, a lot of the router stuff <clears throat> will actually do more in terms of blocking and filtering. Um, okay. I, I'm not sure how good they do basic logging. Do you know what I mean? So the reason okay. um, the router level is very, very good is because what you're basically doing is asking the router to to, to stop them going to, you know, pornographic and, and inappropriate website. It doesn't really help you with logging and, and looking and reviewing what they're doing. Okay. And that's why I think yeah. you need to look at a Norton Online Security as an option for that.
4: Okay then. All
0: Good right. luck, Patricia. I hope it goes okay. And as I said, I don't want to be uh, uh, trying to beat the drum, but I think the, the most important thing you can do is have that conversation or, as well. Yes. Thank you, Trevor. Good Thanks on you, Patricia. So much. Thank you for getting in touch, and you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website eftm.com.
1: Your tech life with Trevor Long.
0: All right, that's another one down. Thank you to Garmin for their support. And thank you to you for listening and for downloading and for getting in touch on Twitter. Jump on Twitter, say good day at Trevor Long. Send me an email at EFTM.com.au, the website. Uh, great to have your company. And uh, we will talk to you again next week, hopefully from Sweden, uh, if not one extra uh week away. But uh, shouldn't be too hard. I'll I'll chant something out for you next week to at least tell you what's going on over there. A special edition from Sweden. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. Talk to you very soon.